Let's ride. probably thought I would be doing anymore so congratulations to me coming to you directly you know podcast live from the studio and by studio I mean my lovely four-door sedan so (laughs) when I say in my ride I'll be dead ass serious in my ride anyway let's jump into this new situation so it seems the the billionaire buffoon has done it again managed to piss a bunch of people off and I said something a while back about watch who you stand next to because that shit can get you into trouble. And, you know, I mean that because little shit can rub people the wrong way. But sometimes something you think is little shit is big shit. Something you do for one of your homies think, oh, it's just gonna, it's gonna look good if I do this. Sometimes that shit ain't a good look. And apparently addressing and addressing, you know, the world and saying that you acknowledge uh, that a different country has a different city capital is a big fucking deal. And when I was hearing about the story at first, I was like, I don't know what the big deal is. I don't fucking live there. I have no clue what's going on. I'm going to mind my business. But as I kept looking at it and listening to it, I started to see what people's problem with it was. And it made sense that the people there should be the ones to address that and put that information out to the world, and that it hadn't really been negotiated yet. So for a long time, you know, since at least since I've been alive, I know way before then, the, the situation with, between Israel and Palestine has been tense, more than tense. It's been a strenuous situation. I'm trying to find adjectives to define this, but it's been fucked up. Like in a, in a you know, the everyman way of saying it, in a nutshell, it's been fucked up. So... I think, uh, and I'm not too educated on the subject, I'm not going to lie. I watched something a while back about what the perception of the world is and how shit really is over there. And people think Israel is just getting fucked with. But in reality, in that situation, Israel is a country with all the power and all it connects. And Palestine is a little country that's getting fucked with. And it's to the point where they have checkpoints on the Israeli side. And I think Palestinians, they have to, they have to get permission to even go through there. Like if you're a Muslim or... You're Palestinian. You got to get permission to even go through that. And then how um, Israel has all the best land in the situation. So it's it's a fucked up situation. And it's a shame. I-S-S-A. Shame. It's a shame that that's happening over there. But, you know, apparently they're one of our allies. So homeboy thought he would go over there, say his piece. Him saying it makes it a... I, I guess the fact that he said it and he's the quote-unquote leader of the free world makes a big difference because it shapes global perception that's what i think the big deal is but at the same time i'm not from there and if they didn't discuss it or if they didn't agree upon it i could see where the conflict could come in and a lot of the concerns were that with him making this statement there would be uh the i guess the tense sensation would get even more tense 
and there will be possible terrorist attacks and there'd be bodies. And I, I think that already happened. Like the next day, they was out there killing motherfuckers. Because what I've been hearing is that it should be a shared state because of the importance of the city. So I was fucking around on Twitter and I came across this picture and it had the reactions of a prominent world figure. So I'm gonna try to, I'm gonna read them the best of my ability because you know I got that Duval education and I don't read good. But if this picture holds up on my phone, I'm gonna read it from you. So Pope Francis, I appeal strongly for all to respect the city status quo. President of Egypt, not to complicate the situation in the region by taking measures that jeopardize the chance of peace. All right, Foreign Ministry of Syria, a dangerous initiative that clearly exemplifies the United States' contempt for international law. The King of Saudi Arabia, a dangerous step. Iran will not tolerate a violation of Islamic sanctities. Turkey, such a step will only play into the hands of terror groups. China, we are concerned about the possible escalation of tensions. France, the city's, the city's status must be decided within the framework of negotiations between Israelis and Palestinians. European Union, a way must be found through negotiations to resolve the status of Jerusalem as the future capital of both states. Britain, the status of Jerusalem should be determined as a negotiated settlement between the Israelis and the, Palestin and the Palestinians and Jerusalem should be a shared capital. Palestinians. The president reaffirms our position that there can be no Palestinian state without East Jerusalem as its capital. So, there you go. I got one more. So, one more for the okay, United Nations. The future of Jerusalem needs to be negotiated within with Israel, with Palestinians sitting side by side directly in negotiations. So, there you go. The rest of the world is pissed off. But, I mean, what I come to expect, my expectations for certain individuals and certain offices are super low right now. So, nothing that's done surprises me. is Like, what would surprise me would be a lack of consistency. And when I say a lack of consistency, I mean a lack of consistency pissing people off. Like, there's nothing that's going to change about the temperament and the, uh, the attitude of people in certain positions of power that have been that way their entire lives, especially when they get elevated to a bigger position of power. That's just the, uh, that's the experience I've had, you know, just seeing people and watching people, like you got one asshole who's already an asshole, and then he gets even more in charge, he gets even a bigger position, and now he's a complete dickhead, and then he gets promoted again, and now he's a fucktard. Like, these are the levels people seem to go through, so I don't expect people who are already in this mode to change, and you gotta forgive me or not before my profanity, but that's just the way I feel. So I figured I'd throw some of that in there just to give you guys a little bit of profane love. So yeah, that's um, that's politics for you, man. They make uh, ridiculous tax bills that benefit the super wealthy and everybody else gets screwed. And they do continuously jacked up stuff all the time and people vote for them. Because they think that uh, it's going to work out for them in reality. They're looking out for their friends. Like, the crazy thing is about the whole situation with the current, you know, the situation with the White House, the Senate, whatever. With the party that's in power, if you look at it, it's like drug dealer level shit, right? Because from, coming from a, a guy who, who was close to the streets and the politics, I say this. If you pay attention... 
to the drug trade, the drug dealer, the average everyday drug dealer is is damn near at the bottom of the totem pole. You have the supplier who supplies the middleman. The middleman supplies the street level drug dealer. The drug dealer sells the drugs. The fucking supplier ultimately gets paid because the drug dealer has to re-up and go back through the, and go to the middleman who then goes to the supplier who gets the money. So the supplier don't really touch shit, right? The supplier is just there to do just that, supply. Hey, I got the money to get this shit in bulk or I'm manufacturing this shit myself. You come get it. You get it to that guy. Guy, guy sells it. You get He gets money. He comes to you to pay you for the re-up. You come to me ultimately for your re-up. And that's the cycle that goes in. That's the way I look at American politics. So you have the big businesses who pay the lobbyists. Lobbyists who pay the politicians. Politicians make the policies that make the big businesses money. So I'm going to give it to you again. Big business pays lobbyists. Lobbyists pays politicians. Politicians make policy. Big business gets paid. And the cycle just goes on and on and on. Depending on who's in power, somebody's getting paid to push that policy to get them more money. And I think the, you know, the drug dealer shit is the same thing. You got The drug dealers are going to enforce their will to get that prime uh, real estate, to get that territory. But they're only trying to get the territory because they're trying to get that good dope from the middleman who's getting that good dope from the supplier. Because distribution, trying to stay distribution, the middleman is trying to become distribution. The drug dealer is trying to become the middleman. And the addict is just the addict. And that's how it is in politics. You got big business, the lobbyists, the politicians. And the politicians are throwing them, they're throwing us the fucking uh, policies. And we're just, and until we become politicians or pay more attention to government, they're going to keep doing that shit and we're going to keep accepting it. And that's just the role I've, I've seen us take for the for as long as I've been alive. That's just the way I look at it. So to me, it, it matches up. I don't know, maybe I'm just an ignorant black dude from Florida, but hey, that's the way I have to see things in my life. So, yeah, in some positive news, the uh, officer who shot Walter Scott in South Carolina was sentenced to 20 years. So apparently in South Carolina, somewhere in South Carolina, black lives do matter. Yeah, it was, uh, I think this was a case where the guy was running away and he shot him in the back, man. I, I just don't see how that's necessary. You, I, now, I understand sometimes you got to use force, but you don't always have to kill a motherfucker. And with this guy, like, luckily, it was it was no, it was was no on tape, and they got to the proper people, and it took a little while, but the correct decision was made, put him in jail for the rest of his life. Because I don't, I, even though it costs more money to put people in jail for life rather than execute them, and I know there's a, probably a few people will be like, just execute them, I don't want them to live, not me. Motherfuckers like that who do who do terrible shit like that, I want them to suffer. Like in in my opinion, people who do shit like that, put them in general population and let everybody know what they did. Don't protect them, cause they took a life. They did something ridiculous. That's what they deserve back. So, that's just my take on that, man. That's just how I feel. And in a strange twist, there's an officer who shot a white gentleman in the hotel, and he got acquitted, which is almost like backwards it's weird and I, I saw the video and i think his name is daniel shaver or something like that i think that's his name but the not the cop but the guy i don't even remember the cop's name i was too angry to pay attention to what the cop's name was i was just calling him asshole in my brain but if you ever if you catch the video i'm gonna see if i can look up the guy's name right now but if you catch the video it's ridiculous man i mean the guy they show up at this hotel and i guess there's 
whatever issue was going on. I think somebody in the window saw that they had a gun. I guess from somebody from outside looked in their window and saw they had a gun and they called and reported. And I bet that motherfucker feels guilty right now because apparently it was like a pellet gun or air gun or something like that. And that's what led to this uh, cat being killed. Some bullshit. Somebody saw something, thought it was thought it was craziness going down, or I heard stories about they say they were pointing a gun out the window or whatever. But judging, like, even if that's the case, judging by the video, there's no way in hell that that, that guy <laughs> was some type of criminal. Like, if you saw the video like me, that man, he fears for, he's about to piss in his damn pants. He feared for his damn life. You know, he's, He's getting, he's doing what he's told to do to the best of his ability. I mean, if, I mean, I ain't no bitch, but if you got an AR-15 pointed at me and you screaming at me and there's, you know, it's more than one of you, I may be inclined to, to make a mistake or two. I, I don't, I would hope that I'm not sitting there crying and shit like the guy was before he, before he died. But I would, you know, I could see how somebody under that amount of stress could make a mistake. And I feel like the officer, the officer who shot him, like, if you, and he looked like he had on tactical gear, and I don't know any regular police officers that, that move with AR-15s, maybe some type of tactical squad, SWAT, something like that. And my brain tells me that they're trained for these situations. They're trained to be calm under pressure. That guy was not calm. That guy was screaming at the top of his lungs, giving, shouting out these orders, yelling at the guy. It's like almost like he was trying to provoke him. I know it sounds cliche, coming from a black dude, but that's how it seemed like he was trying to provoke that man. The way he yelled at him, he wasn't giving him a chance to correct himself. He tell him, I will shoot you. Not like, we're going to have a problem. He told him, you're going to get shot. And it's like he was intent on killing the motherfucker that day. He was, I feel like that's one of the guys that just, that overtrains and they just sit and they wait for an opportunity. I'm just going to sit now. I, I'm going to sit and I'm going to wait for this opportunity to fuck some shit up because I really want to get out there and prove myself to whoever, to my dad that never loved me, or whoever this cat was trying to prove himself to. But he took a life, like, unnecessarily, man. That shit wasn't necessary at all, the way he shot that man down. Like, worse than a goddamn dog. He shot that man down worse than, and it was just so disrespectful. The way he was treating the man as a whole. Like, the woman somehow made it through he was with. And she, I'm pretty sure she's going to be traumatized for the rest of her life. But the way, the way he was talking to that dude, one, and just the way... I don't know, man. It, 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 it didn't hit me as hard for obvious reasons because I've seen that shit over and over again with people that look like me. But it, that shit was just ridiculous, man. Like, nobody should die like that over something petty. Like, the man came out and complied and everything, and you still shot him like he's a fucking dog. So, it's crazy. And, uh, speak. <laughs> okay, so, speaking of dogs, in, the, in a, another weird twist, I was talking to one of my homeboys. Uh, my man Brooks on the beat on SoundCloud. So if you need beats or if you need some audio engineering work done and you in the Florida area or shit, wherever you are, his name is uh, Brooks on the beat. And I put his, I make sure I put his name in the show notes or his his uh, SoundCloud in the show notes. But I was talking to my partner and I was in the car on the phone talking to my partner about a past podcast I did. And, and I was talking about how crazy the world is and how... Um, I was really asking him if he heard that part. And he was talking about how they had a big ape trafficking ring. And then there was one section of the article I read where they were, they had a, a, sh a completely shaved orangutan working in a brothel. And I was, I was just going back over it in my mind. Like, 
this is the world we live in where people are shaving monkeys and, and pimping them out. And, and like I was talking about, I was talking about it in a way I didn't talk about it on the previous podcast. Like they're saying it like, like the monkey was an employee, like the or the orangutan was an employee. Like no, that monkey was a fucking sex slave. He was getting the monkey was getting raped every day. You know they're making it sound like they put out ads for the monkey. And I I was just I was going back and forth with him joking like I wonder how you do that. You how do you you know you tell somebody like that? Hey, if you you're like a monkey pimp, you're like hey, hey man. Are you in the monkeys or do you, if you were the one who used the monkey at the brothel or whatever, do you tell your friend, like, hey, bro, I know um, it's rough out of these streets and, man, I fucked a monkey and I think you should try it. Something crazy like that. Like, I was, we were just going back and forth. And as I was telling him this, I also mentioned that I, I drove over this bridge. And for those of you who don't know, I live in uh, Southern California, San Diego area to be exact. And there's this big ass bridge called the Coronado Bridge. So I guess when I was telling him the story, I, I must have knocked the memory loose, cause he was like, oh yeah, he was like, oh yeah, I remember that shit happened like in 08. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's like, you don't know. I'm like, he was like, oh, okay. And this is this is a terrible story, but I'm a bad person. I'm a shitty individual. So it made me laugh. I'm sorry, but it made me laugh. To me, this shit was funny. But hey, I'm a petty piss poor human being i don't know what to tell you so apparently there was a guy going on this big ass bridge i guess he was getting stopped for a dui and i guess while he was driving at some point him driving up the bridge he decided that he was going to get out the car i don't know why people always do that i don't know if it's if he ran over some spikes or some shit or he just thought that there was a better way or he was going to kill himself, but for whatever reason, my man jumps out the car on a fucking bridge. So, and, I, and I'm, I'm guessing there was some type of standoff. So, the police were like, okay, fuck that. We going to send the canine after you. <laughs> so, they send the canine, and, the, and you know, the canine, you know, they're officers and they're trained, but it's still a goddamn dog. You tell a dog to go get, that dog's going to go fucking get. <laughs> so... The dog hauls ass, makes a beeline for this dude. I guess the dog, the dog jumped up and bit him. And when he, when when he got bit, him and the dog tussled and flipped the fuck off the bridge. Now, um, it sounds, I know it. Uh, me laughing sounds bad, and yeah, I'm a bad person. But <laughs> the irony of this is like. They, they probably could have shot my man with some rubber bullets or something. And after what I just talked about, believe me, I'm not advocating police violence against people committing nonviolent crimes. And obviously he was an asshole if he was driving under the influence, especially going on a bridge and then going to jump off the bridge. You know, just he was being a jerk. But they sick the goddamn canine on this guy. And I you can see the, vi like I, I he showed me the article and it was like a night vision like when the night vision helicopter cams and the, and I sh shit you not, this dog hit this man in like less than two seconds. They tumbled over the goddamn bridge, and this is this a damn shame. So the crazy thing is the, the the man survived and the goddamn dog died. So he ended up getting like I thought I'm so I almost like they charged him with murder. Like what happened? He ended up getting time on top of time because he. I guess because he was the cause of the dog dying or whatever. 
So yeah, it was it was a, just a crazy situation. Like when I heard about the story, I laughed because that type of shit to me is just ironic. Like you you didn't have to send the dog out, but you send the dog out on the fucking bridge. Like the dog don't know he's on the goddamn bridge, but you you let him you let Cujo loose, and he he tackled this man and flipped the fuck over the bridge, and because you now he was wrong. But because you decided to let the canine go, the canine hits the guy. The guy flips. The canine goes with him. The guy survives. The canine dies. But because the canine died in the act of trying to subdue the criminal, the criminal <laughs> gets time. So they charged the guy. I forgot what they charged him with. But he caught the charge for the dog dying because, I guess, because he decided to be an asshole that day. And that's just my ridiculous sense of humor. I'm sorry if you don't agree. But that shit made me laugh. If you don't like it, blame my homeboy Brooks on the beat. He's also Brooks on the beat at Twitter. So there you go. I told you it was a weird twist, but to me it was a, it was a very fucking funny story. So yeah, there's that. And I apologize for my laughter, but I'm an ignorant some bitch. So and speaking of ignorant some bitches, uh, I've been wanting to say this for a while now, but listen, fans, sports fans. We got to chill. And I know I talk a lot of shit about people during the game. I call them all types of ridiculous names. But that's respect. And I'm in, like, it's just I'm in the moment. And I don't I don't mean it towards them personally. So fans got to chill, like I just said. I was on, I fuck around on Bleacher Report. Great app, by the way. And I came across this, uh, this video of this fan talking shit to LeBron James. And he was, you know, watching my bull. He's a, he's a Bulls fan. Watching our Bulls lose to LeBron and them, obviously. But LeBron was sitting on the bench, and the guy had his phone out, of course, like an asshole, talking shit to LeBron James, trying to get himself some internet fame, right? So, and, you know, the way my mind works is, like, you bought tickets to see the best player in the world play basketball, right? You get that close to him, and even though he's out there killing the Bulls, what you know he's going to do, instead of you being like, hey, LeBron, LeBron, and can I take a picture of you real quick? Something like that. Be like, like a fan. You go to insult him and talk about his hair and all this type of shit. Like, everybody, LeBron is on TV every damn day. He's on some internet website every day. Everybody knows LeBron James hair standing. Big fucking deal. The man's in his 30s. You know, he's on TV every day. We all know this. So you being the asshole fan who paid to come see him play, you look like a fool, right? And the thing about it is, this man's probably living your dream right now. If you're watching, if you pay to get behind the goal at a basketball game, you, you to me, you're a fan of basketball. You probably played basketball as a kid. So to me, to see somebody living your dream and doing it that well, I would think that you would have some immense respect for this person, right? But no, we live in the age of a world star on Instagram and YouTube, which I enjoy, but at the same time, I'm I'm in my 30s. I'm not one of these punk ass kids, and I realize that you know even at at work sometimes there's an individual they may hide behind a work badge or a position or a uniform or whatever. There's there's punk ass people like that, and for me, when a fan says some shit like that to an athlete, they're asking for trouble. Now, luckily, luckily, athletes who are getting paid are pro. Professional. They are professionals, and they they learn how to deal with people like that. 
And that's, you know, that's a, they, they know it comes with the territory, especially now with all the websites, the social media and shit. Like, we, we love to bash the ones that we love, if that makes sense. Like, if, if you're a fan of basketball, regardless of what team you like, and if you don't love to see LeBron James play the game, then you probably shouldn't be watching basketball. I'm sorry. So we, we have a love-hate-love relationship with, with, uh, with these athletes. And they get heckled all the time, and they do professionals about it, or they, you know, or they either block it out, or they, or they do, or they, they throw the comebacks, what the internet now calls the clapback, you know, which is one of those things that white people manage to steal and put on the internet anyway. They do the quote-unquote clapback, and the guy was talking shit to LeBron James, and he was like, oh, you hear this? He was like, he said, yeah, your, your girl looking at me. Why are you taking a picture of me, you bum? LeBron said something to him like that. But the point I'm trying to get to is, in, in a roundabout way, is I don't know what this individual looks like. He sounded like a younger dude. I would almost think he had to be a younger dude to say some shit like this. But LeBron James is like 6'9", probably 260, solid fucking muscle, right? So I don't give a damn who you are for... The, I'm going to say the average person to talk shit to somebody that size. That's fucking foolish. Like, if you just happen to see a motherfucker that size <laughs> walking down the street, big old black dude, tattoos and everything, I want to say the chances are like 100% that you're not going to open your mouth and say nothing crazy to him with your fucking phone out. Because if you, if that guy's, you know, if he's, if he's not mature, if he's in a bad mood, he's going to beat the shit out of you. If you're lucky. If you're lucky. So when I see some sucker shit like that, some chump in the stands talking shit to somebody doing what they want them to do that would obviously whoop your ass if you got into a physical altercation. And that's, like, this man is, like, 6'9", you know, two over 250, and, like, and like one of the best athletes in the world. They run up and down a 94-foot court all day long. They do it in practice. They do it in games. So this guy's in shape. So you ain't just going to outrun a motherfucker like this. So for, for me to see a sucker do some shit like that, it, it, it irritates me. It makes me so mad because you would never address that person like that outside of that. If it was, if there was another fan in the stands next to you, six foot nine, who did some shit you didn't like, you would probably get on the internet and talk about it or tell one of your friends. There's no way in hell you're going to talk to them the way you just talk to this world-class athlete who's done everything you probably, you've done things you can't even imagine doing in your lifestyle. And in your lifetime. So that to me is, is ridiculous. And just today at uh at the Jaguar game. And the Jaguars, that's that's my team. That's my city, Jacksonville. But apparently some idiot fan threw a beer bottle at one of the fucking Seattle Seahawks players. Like a defensive lineman. Like you know there's no way in hell <laughs> like the average fan is going toe-to-toe with a fucking defensive lineman. And that see, that's the football. That's football where people feel safe because, like, the fan would have to, like, the, the player would have to jump into the stands, you know, to come get you. Or you'd have to come over the wall. And people feel safe in situations like that. You got a helmet on, you got on pads, or who'll be all right. No, these athletes are people too. If you, if you catch one of them slipping the wrong way, you might get your ass whooped. At least that's how that, that boy found out in Jacksonville when he tried to fuck with uh, <laughs> Maurice Jones Jew. And got his ass whooped. But, you know, hey, that's the game, man. So, I, big shout-out to LeBron for not letting that shit phase him and, uh, you know, just kind of killing that guy with words and going on about his business. He didn't have to beat my bulls like that, but, you know, 
It is what it is, fam. As fans, we got to stay in our lane when we talking to people like that. We got to remember, like, these fans, celebrities are people, too. And, I, like, I got to check myself on that as well. What I'm just saying. I thought that shit was utterly ridiculous. And what else happened? Um, yeah, LeVar Ball, is, he's pulling his boys out, man. He's pulling, he's catching a lot of heat for it, but, you know, Leandro, I guess, is not going back to UCLA because of the suspension. And from his side of it, he's like that. He knows he did wrong. He accepted his mistake. It was a fucking stupid mistake, but he has to deal with it for the rest of his life. And I guess he didn't feel like he wanted to sit out a whole season at UCLA. So I'm pretty sure the plan is for him to go play overseas. <laughs> Ironic, you know, that somebody who got caught stealing overseas is going to go play overseas, but... I want to see the kid play. Hopefully he goes over there and makes it. And I think the same is going to happen with his, with the youngest brother, LaMelo. I think they're both going to go overseas and play over there. And I think, hey, man, I think it's smart. I think it's smart. Like, why wait? If you're trying to get that check and you want your boys, and if they want to go and if you want them to go and you want to let them go overseas and do their thing, why not? Why not go over there and get that check? And, uh, polish your skills up against pro athletes who've been playing for years and with the way the NBA is going the NBA is becoming a hero ball anyway all the bigs you're not a really a big man in this league if you can't shoot threes you know everybody wants to stretch four or the, or the you know the stretch five that can get out there and shoot at least a mid-range jumper so you know even like even one of the best bangers in the league Mark Gasol can go out there and hit you from range so why not like, you know, the name of the game right now is space and hit from deep. So if you want to, if the boys want to go over there and they can get on a roster and they can make it, hey, by all means, man, why not? It's only going to help prepare them for the league. And if they don't get picked up in the league, you know, they can still have a, hopefully have a, a long career overseas. And you got to think about the business side of this. Like, Big Baller brand is huge because of things like social media and social media is world fucking wide so the basketball enthusiasts overseas are gonna be just as crazy as the guys in the states and then the fact that they got somebody who they can attach a name to coming over there that's just that's just international business right there bro he's going to get that check overseas now and who knows what he's going to sell the kicks for overseas he may come he may have to come down on the prices or the kids over there may buy him because he'll be a star over there if he goes over and plays well. So hopefully it works out for them, man. I just, he catches a lot of flack, and I, I really don't understand it because, you know, one of his kids made a mistake, but at the end of the day, he's still a father that's taking care of all his kids. So, you know, whatever, man, because a lot of black fathers get a bad rap, so at least this guy's in his kid's life. He's a, a definite fixture in the household making sure shit gets done, so. Like, always got support. I can't support you financially. Shit costs too much. But, you know, <laughs> on this podcast, we support big ball and brand. So, y'all keep doing y'all thing. Do big shit out there. And uh, for the Jaguar fans out there and, and the New York Giant fans out there, uh, the boy Rashad Jennings announced his retirement. Man, he's a good dude. Went to Liberty University. Went to a small college. Ended up getting drafted by the Jaguars. I'm not sure if he was drafted while Tom Coughlin was there, but I do know that was his first stop. And from looking at it, if I, I'm just going off memory, looking at his story when he first got drafted, 
I was like, who is this kid that got out of Liberty? I looked him up in the, off the, on the Jaguars website, and apparently he was going to go somewhere else, but he went to Liberty to be close to his father who wasn't doing well. So he immediately got my respect for that. He managed to make it to the league. He wasn't, you know, he got there when Jag, when the Jags were in that period where they weren't doing too well, like most of Jags history is. But then after that, he went to the, I think he went to the Raiders for a little while, and then he went to the Giants or vice versa. But I know he definitely played for the, the Raiders, the Jags, and the Giants. So he seemed like a good dude. And, you know, I got a lot of respect for him, man. Hopefully things go his way. On the outside, shout out to that guy, Rashad Jennings. And also, um, shout out to um, Shazier for Pittsburgh, man. He, he got hit when he was tackling somebody, I want to say, I think it was last Monday night. And uh, he hit him dead on. And, like, I saw the play right when it happened. And as soon as I saw I was like, oh, shit. Because when he tackled the guy, he led with his head. And I was kind of like, as soon as he hit him, I was like, damn, that looked kind of weird. But the shit that scared me is that he, as soon as he hit him and he fell, he grabbed his lower, he, you know, he touched his lower back and he just rolled over. He was like kind of squeezing his hand. And I was like, ah, shit. Like, I, like when I saw the hit and I saw how he reacted, I knew it was more serious than, you know, like the normal, you know, he got, he hit a guy and he got like knocked out. Not to downplay that, but I knew it was more serious like the normal football injury. So I immediately was like, I, I got scared for I got scared for him and his family because, you know, even though he's a big linebacker and, that, you know, that you, you think they're the, mean, the biggest, meanest guys on the team, when you see somebody hit something like that and their body go kind of limp, it, it, I mean, it's scary to see somebody that big that you know has neck muscles and back muscles and shoulder muscles for days take that lick and it, and it still affect them that way. And it kind of makes me question uh, football. And a lot of players came out talking about how they think that he, um, the Thursday night games are fucked up because now you have an extra an extra game, uh, you know, and it's, it's brutal. These guys play this game that takes a toll on them, man. Like, no game is this violent except for, like, hockey. And I don't know how many games hockey plays, but them motherfuckers are crazy anyway. They don't, they don't love themselves. It's cool to watch, but goddamn. But but anyway, like this, you know, football for the speeds they're going and the, and the type of athletes that play this game. It's a really dangerous game. So you add on top of practices and everything, you add an extra game to it. I mean, you you're asking for trouble, you know. And this and it may not be that the injuries may not happen on that Thursday night, but the toll it takes overall. That's another week of them got having to hit and everything. So it's just another it's just another opportunity for somebody to get hurt. So I, I feel the players on that. And even though I enjoy, even though as a consumer, I enjoy the Thursday night games. I like seeing the color rush and everything. I would understand if they took it away. But I, I think they're, they're making like a ridiculous number. Like, I don't know if it was $500 million off of this. That people are making, so you know the owners aren't gonna be with that shit of you know taking the game away. They gonna work these folks, and they gonna get this check. So it's just a bad situation all around, man. Uh, hopefully the league gets it figured out. I'm tired of seeing people get hurt. Yes, 
Man, this, shout out to, to uh, Shazier, man. That shit hurt my feelings. And, ladies and gentlemen, I'm about to wrap this up. I'm getting closer to the time. I'd like to um, shut it down, but a couple quick things for you guys today. Raise your hand if you like me and you missed the wave. Did you guys miss the wave? You guys know what I'm talking about? Did you guys get Bitcoin? That shit is ridiculous right now. So if you don't got the Coinbase app right now, you it, it might be too late for you. <laughs> so a couple of homies at work put me on this um cryptocurrency shit, right? So if you've seen the movie Dope and you paid attention at all, there was a point on there where they were talking about buying I think buying like buying drugs so that the guy the the guy played by ASAP Rocky can get his can basically get his money back. And the way they were able to do it was they hooked up with this dude and he told them about buying shit on the dark web using Bitcoin. So my partner and them told me about this shit, uh, I want to say about November last year. And I think around that time frame, it was about 600 bucks a share. That's not a cheap stock by any means, especially for a broke motherfucker like myself. But to this day, I regret it. I regret not having that in the chamber and being able to pull a trigger on that stock because I saw that shit go to 800, 1100, 1300, and this shit's not worth $16,945 and one cent a share in a year. So we'll see how, how much further up this is going to go. Hopefully one day I can get one of my partners who, um, who's, I got a couple of homies that are real big on this cryptocurrency shit and they'll, um, and I can see if I get them to sit in, sit in the car with me and talk about this shit to put people on. Cause I know there's, um, one of my homeboys on Facebook, uh, he was talking about, he's like, everybody get on, you need to get on now trying to put people on and dummies like me weren't ready to jump on like i actually um fucked with it like a week after i didn't have enough money to get the share like he did but i got a piece of one and i couldn't really fuck with that so i got ethereum instead and i got litecoin so you know this ethereum shit is is real like it was when i looked at it, it was like 25 bucks a sh- it was like maybe 40 50 bucks a share for ethereum and it is now 466 dollars and 29 cents in less than a year. And then Litecoin came a few months after Ethereum, and that shit was like 25 bucks a share. Right? Less than a year. It is now $154 a share. So what's happening obviously is Bitcoin shot to 16 grand. So people started throwing money into Ethereum and Litecoin and now it's going up. So if you have access, if you have a phone and you got a little bit of money and you want to get into this crypto shit and take a slight risk, I would be sure that you got your finances set up for it first to see, but uh, it's definitely cracking, man. And hopefully one day I can get um, my partner to come on and talk about it. Or uh, I know one of my other homies is starting a podcast and he may talk about the cryptocurrency shit, but you should definitely get involved if you can. So check it out. Please invest. Think about your future. Own some shit. I mean, at this point in the game, if you're not trying to own some shit, you slipping. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and shut this down. But first, I'm going to give you guys another podcast review. So, like I said, I'm going to try to switch it up between me putting a spotlight on one of the homies or somebody doing something good in the community or making a change in their personal life. And I'm going to flip-flop that between podcast reviews because I consider myself a podcast kind of sore. So, I think it's my personal duty to put you on a new one. Maybe you heard it, maybe you haven't, but that's my goal. So this one, 
I'm going to say this one is more for the ladies. And this one is called Dirty John. If you have a iPhone or whatever other phone you got out there, it's trash if it's not an iPhone. Nah, but if you got like a Galaxy or LG or something like that, I don't know if it's on um, Google Play, in the Google Play Store, but it's definitely probably on Stitcher or TuneIn or Spreaker or something like that. But this particular podcast is called Dirty John. And it's like a, it's like a, it's a crime, it's, it's definitely like a crime relationship. It's just, it's weird. It's like a mystery kind of, but it's like a, it's like an audio documentary, I guess. It's the, of an asshole named John and his relations with this woman and her family. So they start off talking about how he interacted, how he met the woman and his interaction with her family. And then they go and they talk about his past interactions with people and give you some history on them. Like, it, it's dope. If you, men, I'm telling you, listen to it with your lady. Like, I heard an episode or two, and I forgot about it. And then I was trying to get my wife to jump on these podcasts so she can have something to listen to while she's at home with the kid or whatever. But I think if if there's anyone to do it, this is the one. So get your girl to check out uh, Dirty John. It's something that you can listen to with your old lady. It's like, it's basically like watching the ID channel. And it's a, it's a sneaky way for you to, you know, if you got on a podcast, she's not really paying attention to the TV. It's a sneaky way for you to get on the sticks and you can listen to the podcast and play the game so she's not hassling you by hogging the TV or something crazy like that. So it's pretty dope. Once again, Dirty John. I know in uh, iTunes, the, uh, the podcast art is basically a, it's a row, it's a black background. There's a rose on there. It says Dirty John with a hand and a needle in between. So I think the guy's supposed to be like a, um, an anesthesiologist or something like that. It's produced by, I want to say, LA Times and Wondery. So check it out, Dirty John on iTunes. And, you know, rate and review that joint. This don't affect me at all. I just think it's dope if you hear a good podcast. Give it a rating. Give it a review. Give it a share. Like you should do with mine. Like always, I say, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Until you ain't got to tell nobody no goddamn more. So, in summary, not in summary, I'm ending this motherfucker right now. So if you want to give me any comments, you know, you know the drill. No playing this ride at gmail.com. If you're new, once again, no playing this ride at gmail.com. All lowercase. I'm on Twitter. No play 247. Capital N, lowercase O, capital P L A Y. No play 247 at Twitter. Hit me up. I'm trying to get active on that thing. I like Twitter. I might stop fucking with Facebook completely. Twitter, Twitter's that new bitch. I'm bullshit. I'ma still fuck with Facebook, but I'm on definitely on Twitter trying to be active on there. So no play 247. Y'all hit me up and let me know how I'm doing. This is number 10, man. Number 10. Episode number 10. Most podcasts could even make it this far. And I made it by myself in the car talking shit. Fucking great. Spirit of independence, goddammit. But if somebody want to pay me, we can talk. We can talk about it. Holla at me. Blackout. No playing this ride. Number 10. Hope you like it. Hope you love it. Make it better than what you left it. Peace.